It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, an American with a much different perspective on Russia than most of us, because she was born and raised in the Soviet Union. And while that in itself would lead to an interesting conversation, Rebecca Koffler's story only begins there. She came to the U.S., became an American, then after 9-11 decided to serve her new country, working as a Russia expert as an officer in the Defense Intelligence Agency, the Pentagon's version of the CIA. So Koffler is acutely aware of Russia's motives in the now three-week invasion of Ukraine. After studying Russian leader Vladimir Putin for years, in fact, she predicted something like this in a book that came out last year, Putin's Playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. My conversation with her was too long to fit into our podcast the other day, so now you'll get to hear all of it. We hope you enjoy and come back for more. And now Rebecca Koffler on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us on the Fox News Rundown is Rebecca Koffler. She's a former Defense Intelligence Agency officer who also has a book that came out last year. Putin's playbook, Russia's secret plan to defeat America. And she has a unique perspective because not only was she in the DIA as a U.S. intelligence officer, she was born and raised in the Soviet Union. Rebecca, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. This invasion of Ukraine, we're now in almost two weeks into it. The U.S. imposing sanctions, banning Russian oil, these I, these attempts to punish Russia for what it's doing, do you see, feel, believe there's going to be success? I don't, Dave. Uh, all of these measures just simply reveal the impotence of Joe Biden's policy towards Russia. Look, he this is not his first time around, right? And uh, his, what I call the Obama 2.0 crew, Anthony Blinken, Jake Sullivan, uh, Joe Biden, when he was vice president for President Barack Obama, has received every possible intelligence briefing uh, on what Putin was up to. And unfortunately, he did not develop a counter strategy. And right now he's grasping at straws. Economic concerns are very different concerns from security concerns that Putin has. And so I don't expect, yes, there will be an impact. Don't get me wrong that this, uh, but it will not change Putin's behavior. In your book, you wrote that the Russians have been working harder to limit reliance on the U.S. dollar and the international financial system. So have they been successful at sanction proofing their economy to a degree? Yes, they've been successful to a degree. Here are the top three things that uh, Putin has done in order to sanction proof his economy. Uh, number one. With regard to the Russian uh, sovereign fund, 
right? There's $630 billion. Putin has been pursuing a de-dollarization strategy, whereby the $40 billion um, has been zeroed out in favor of the Chinese yuan, the European, uh, the euro, and gold. Number two, he has beefed up his foreign currency reserves. They're right now at an all-time high, one of the highest in the world. Number three, Putin has been uh, pursuing an import substitution strategy, whereby he directed his domestic producers to produce indigenously uh, certain goods and services and with regard to uh, several industries in technology and medical fields, uh, they have actually been um, improving, right? Instead of relying on uh, foreign substitutes, they're now producing them indigenously. And finally, Putin has been redirecting exports to China. So the decision calculus has economic concerns and impact already baked in. By Putin because he expected this. Okay, but the the value of the ruble went down. There are all these stories about thousands of Russian protesters who've been arrested and all this. And there was this thought that there, the economics in Russia was collapsing, that businesses couldn't do business with America or, or, or foreign companies anymore. And there was a collapse going on there. Is that not happening? All, all true. There's definitely an economic downturn. Again, the Russians have already uh, suffered economically during the socialist period of the USSR. So they're quite used to uh, shortages. This was simply the way of life. As you mentioned, I'm originally from the former Soviet Union. So uh, whatever economic impact we will have on Russia with sanctions, they have survived much, much more during all of the uh, wonderful, glorious Soviet socialist system. That is not to say that there's going to be no impact. There is impact. But again, it will not change Putin's mindset and deter him from executing the plan that he has been hatching for the past 20 years, Dan. All right. Uh, Dave. That's that's okay. Uh, When it comes to suffering, as you talked about, um, you wrote in your book, there's no word for fun in the Russian language. That 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 took me aback a little bit. So this is just a, the way of life there. Uh, yes, true. So uh, there is a word for joy, radice. There's there are other kinds of words, you know, happiness, счастье. But there is no word for fun. Exact specifically. Um, and this is just, yes, the way of life was very, very hard uh, during the Soviet times. And remember, the same people who used to be communists became capitalist just overnight when the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991, because the communists are the ones who had um privatized all of the industries and the Russian people are still, you know, um, uh, still poor, you know, for the most part, they don't have the same privileges as the so-called capitalists. And this is why there's no, the the culture is very much focused on suffering, unlike uh, American culture. 
is focused on fun, freedom. You know, the Russian culture is all about suffering. And in fact, this is one of the things that Putin factored in in his decision calculus. He believes that the Russians can outsuffer the adversary, i.e. the Americans and the Europeans, whom they perceive as adversary number one. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. You, in the Soviet Union as a child, as you grew up, you didn't have social media. Now, they do have that. I know that even Alexei Navalny, who's a prisoner in Russia, is putting out information on social media from his cell. So is it that are people like him able to turn Russians against Vladimir Putin? Navalny is a very, very brave man. Uh, Look, he was the target of a brutal attack on him by the Russian intelligence services, uh, whereby he was poisoned with a military-grade nerve agent. And yes, he continues to uh, spread the word to galvanize the Russian people against uh, Putin. My assessment, uh, Dave, is that at this stage, it, it would be very, very difficult to turn, you know, the Russians ultimately in masses, right, in, a, in, a, in, a, in such a, to such a level that it would actually produce the level of backlash uh, that would end up in the removal of President Putin. Why? Because the guy is brutal. Look, he has poisoned, assassinated um, scores and scores of his opponents. Uh, uh, opponents. And what I mean is he actually, uh, he didn't do it himself, obviously, but he has authorized uh, the killings, the poisonings, the uh, forced suicides. And so people around him are uh, really afraid. Okay. And again, also the oligarchs, they don't bite the hand that feeds them. So my confidence level is very low that a coup or a regime change could be produced from the inside. Civilian casualties abhorrent here in the U.S. We've tried to avoid those in our conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan. Obviously, in Ukraine, Russia has been targeting civilians, killing civilians, hitting apartment buildings and all of that. That is not something that the Russians feel the same way as Americans when it comes to war, right? That is absolutely correct. The Russians have a much higher tolerance for casualties, for loss of life than Americans. They know this, and this is why uh, the Russian general staff has assessed that Russians can out-suffer the Westerners. The Russians lost 20 million people in what they call the Great Patriotic War, which is World War II. And so their way of life is completely different. As you said, when we, the U.S. military, we go to war, we take great pains to avoid targeting or even unintentionally striking civilians. With the Russians, it's a completely different thing. They conduct what we call punitive military operations, whereby civilians are targeted with the idea that the level of suffering will be incurred to such an extent that it would compel President Zelensky, in this case, 
to either flee or voluntarily surrender so that the suffering is stopped. And this is an atrocious uh, strategy, but this is how the Russians are. They fight dirty in, in order to achieve what they have decided to achieve. And that is the Kremlin, President Putin, and his clique of uh, what they call Siloviki, Russian uh, securocrats, former intelligence operatives. Now, supposedly Russian soldiers are said to be demoralized in Ukraine. Some of them didn't even know they were going in to do this. They may not support what's going on. There is also talk that Vladimir Putin underestimated the will of the Ukrainian people to fight back, that now Putin feels cornered. Do you believe those things? I do, yes. Um, so, yes, Russian soldiers, look, you know, Russians and Ukrainians, whatever Putin says, they are related, right? They're part of the Slavic people. Kiev is the original you know, place where the Kievska Rus, you know, the the, the uh, Kiev Russia was founded. So these people are related, and it is really atrocious that right now they've been pitted against each other, and Russian soldiers do not want to kill Ukrainian. You know, at the at the lower level, and this is why Putin has requested um, Syrian foreign fighters and Kadyrovce, the, uh, the Chechen fighters, because they don't have the, the same level of um, relations so that they can even brutally, you know, deal with uh, Ukrainian uh, civilian casualties. And that's absolutely horrible. And then uh, the second thing remind me, I, I, I just, um, what was the second thing you asked? Uh, whether or not uh, he underestimated the He Ukrainians. did, yes. He did. He absolutely uh, did underestimate uh, Dave. Ukrainians have put up an amazing will to fight. President Zelensky has displayed the type of leadership that the Davos crowd and the experts, quote unquote, in Brussels and Washington can learn a thing or two from. Um, it, it, it is, you know, it is a tragedy. The Ukrainians are uh, fighters, but in the end, Unfortunately, it's not going to make a difference just simply because in mathematical terms, right, in military terms, the Russian military, which rivals only that of the U.S. military, which is the best war fighting force in military history. So the Russian military just trumps hands down Ukrainian military, which has improved, but it still is absolutely overmatched by the Russians. Putin's not going to give up, is he? He's not going to give in. He's not going to give uh, Zelensky a victory in peace talks or anything like that. Do you believe he's going to go until he takes Ukraine? Dave, Putin is not going to give up. If anything, uh, my intelligence assessment is he is going to escalate even further. You just mentioned a uh, uh, cornered, right? Putin, once cornered, he's going to fight even harder to close this conflict, to end it on Russian terms. This is what Russian military doctrine and strategy is, you know, which which is my target. I'm a former intel officer with uh, DIA. I studied uh, very scrupulously what the Russians war fighting style is. And no, unfortunately, he's going to um, unleash a backlash, including possibly cyber attacks and space warfare attacks, including on 
our soil. And this is why we had DHS issuing alerts for our businesses and individuals to really brace for potentially for a Russian cyber attack. Beyond that, since your book is Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America, you have written that they believe the only way, only a weapon of Armageddon can defeat the U.S. And the president of Russia did put his nuclear forces on high alert early on in this invasion. They've done test runs near the U.S. Do you believe he would actually strike America with a nuclear weapon? I do, but only in certain conditions, uh, Dave. It's important to understand that the threshold for Putin unleashing an Armageddon nuclear warfare type of strike is high, okay? Uh, the only in the conditions that Putin believes he is losing, A, and B, the United States and NATO are about to intervene in the conflict of Ukraine to fight on the Ukrainian side, that he would contemplate such a thing, okay? Because if, if Putin is afraid of anything, he's afraid of the fury of NATO forces led by the United States because he has seen how we fight in Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Syria, Libya. So he knows that if we were to intervene, he would lose. And this is why on Putin's orders, a top secret plan was developed uh, that includes what we call a preemptive uh, strike, including a cyber warfare strike, space warfare, and even nuclear. But nuclear is not the same type of nuclear, not a strategic level, you know, both out of the blue uh, sky type of strike, but it's a new escalate to de-escalate strategy that involves a low yield nuclear weapon and wouldn't be done on the United States. It would be done in Europe, possibly as a demonstration strike or as a de-escalatory strike. And this sounds counterintuitive, but that's the doctrine. He's hoping to squash this conflict, end it on his terms before we, the United States, intervene. And this is exactly why President Biden understands this. And this is why he's against the no-fly zone. And um, I very rarely agree with uh, President Joe Biden, but in this case, I agree, a no-fly zone will be interpreted by the Russians as an act of war, and it might very well trigger a preemptive doctrine. And this is why Biden is not authorizing it. Why did you leave the Soviet Union? What drove you to come to America? I was raised uh, by my mom, Dave, uh, to always go to America. Uh, since I was a little girl, uh, she wanted me to learn English. She just, I, and I don't know how she came up with this idea, but my family was anti-communist. They didn't agree with the Soviet system, which is actually horrible. And uh, I am terrified that right now uh, the word socialism is kind of part of our uh, national discourse and it's normalized, you know, in America. It's a horrible system. It's not all about the free stuff. It's about total government control. So um, I learned English and uh, eventually, you know, I went to uh, one of the best universities in Moscow and continued with my English studies. And then um, 
when I met my first Americans um, in Moscow, they basically told me that I got to come. America is a land of freedom and of opportunity and justice. And um, I came and went through the immigration process. And now I'm just so proud to be Americans. Uh, that is why I went to the intelligence community um, in the aftermath of September 11th terrorist attacks, because I wanted to serve and give back to my adopted homeland by alerting you know, our national security apparatus about Putin's plan. Unfortunately, um, I wasn't listened to. And uh, this is why I had to uh, write a book to give a warning to my fellow Americans about what Putin and Russia were up to. And now the Putin's playbook is unfolding right in front of our eyes, Dave. Yeah, you wrote, he will more likely than not surprise the West with another hostile act like Crimea within two years. Well, it did happen indeed. Yes, it should have been a wake-up call. You know, the wake-up call should really be uh, have been back in 2007 when Putin unofficially declared war on the West and certainly in 2010 where he officially declared in the Russian military doctrine that the United States and NATO were Russia's security threat number one, which meant that uh, Russian military was given a requirement and an order to develop a plan to either destabilize, you know, uh, Europe uh, in order to achieve its uh, goal, Putin's strategic goal to reconstitute a USSR-like alliance and to develop a plan to defeat the United States if the United States decides to intervene. And so we should have paid attention very closely. Putin did not make it a secret. It's a shame on the Biden administration that he was sleeping at the wheel instead of developing a viable counter strategy. Right now, he's grasping at straws. The book is Putin's Playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. Rebecca Koffler, former Defense Intelligence Agency officer, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Dave. Pleasure to be here with you and your audience. It was a really uh, fascinating conversation, and, and the book, too, uh, it was also. So, Rebecca, thank you. I really appreciate oh, your time. Of course, and any time. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.